Hello and welcome to The Movie Brew, a podcast about British film and filmmakers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Lester Gartland. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. How Good are day? You Good day. <laughs> Did try and be Australian there, didn't I? It was a, it was a good day. Good day. Um, today, we're going to talk about The Descent. Yes. The Decent. The Decent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me a smile. Gino, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. <laughs> There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. I'm stuck. I can't breathe. Okay, Sarah, you have to calm down. I'm coming. I'm coming back. Okay. Okay. Uh. Okay, move. Now! Now! This is not good, guys. Can we get out of here? Which way? I don't know. Sarah, but she saw someone back So what? I don't think I saw someone. I saw someone. No, you heard something and you saw what you wanted to see. It's the dark. It plays tricks on people. Uh, The Descent. Uh, I've got the synopsis here. Cool. A woman goes on vacation with her friends after her husband and daughter encounter... Oh my god, I'm going to start that again. Yeah, I mean, I would advise you don't even need to look at the synopsis. Like, you can just... This is one of those films you can just... Just go off the dome. You know what? You've inspired me with your kind words. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Uh, After a tragic accident and some trauma with a bereavement of all of her family, uh, a woman goes on a potholing... Expedition? Expedition. (laughs) Shall we call that I wanted to say adventure. Yeah, I mean, sure. Expedition adventure with uh, five of her friends. Some of them are close, some of them not so close. Yeah. They all have like different weird adrenaline junkie skills. Yeah. And they go into the caves and they get a bit lost and shit goes down. Yeah. I would say with the exception of the last part of that sentence, Mm. we've made this sound like an adventures slash like Indiana Jones swashbuckling adventure with the word expedition. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like everyone has their own set of skills. (laughs) But like, I mean, these guys like though I've probably put the trailer in at this point. Um, a lot of a lot of jump scares. What's interesting is though scares, is that yeah. when we watched the trailer on Amazon before we rented this film, oh, yeah, what the hell was that? They just didn't even show the trailer. They were like, nope, no one's seeing that trailer ever again. It was just two minutes of the most boring part of the film. <laughs> yeah, it was just a clip. How is that going to a clip sell anyone on it? <laughs> Which is cool. Like, and maybe if I find more clips that I can use, I might put them in but of good scenes, but not the scene that they put on Amazon, which was just people getting out of a car and having a chat. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. And that's the whole film. That's it. There you go. Um, I had a really fun time with this. Yeah, it's a good film. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times, but I enjoy it every time. Yeah, I've seen it. I think this is like the fifth time I've seen this film. It's one of those films that I enjoy getting frustrated about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they have those like horror tropes of just people being stupid. Oh, I love it. What are you doing? I love to hate it so much. Yeah. Um, When was the first time you saw this film? Do you remember? Probably. I mean, it's a good like, what, 10 years old, isn't it? Yeah. 
2005 this came out so long I, ago. Uh, I probably i didn't see it in the cinema i probably saw it when i was about 17 18 i would there. agree i was a bit younger than that mm. i was about 16 and I, I know, sorry, watching yeah. a 16, watching an 18 movie when I'm 16, You're arrest me now. Arrested. But um, basically, I had um, had uh, decided to have a bunch of my friends over and we all hang out. We all came round uh, to my house and we all sat, my sister was out and we all sat on my sister's bed and I put this on her computer, uh, on her time computer uh that's the best way to watch any film yeah i know right and just like set up all those yeah. set up those shitty logitech speakers yeah and then we all like eight of us chilled out and watched this film and it was the best experience because like we were like freaked out there's enough jump scares in this that we were yeah. just like what's going on and i i thought i felt like that was the best experience to watch this film with. this is a definitely. great movie to watch like with your mates yeah this is um yeah it's definitely that this i put this under the category of pizza films yeah this is a hundred percent of pizza just film. get a bunch of friends get a pizza watch this and yeah. shout at the tv yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's great. the best oh i love it i love it love it love it <laughs> um do do we have any other like productiony things or anything else you kind of want to say oh, it's I, directed by neil marshall directed and it, well, it's yeah, directed by Neil Marshall. It does say written by Neil Marshall as well, but I think he wrote the screenplay and there was another writer involved as well. Okay. Um, but it's based in Appalachia, which I believe is in West Virginia. Awesome. Fairly sure. Uh, however, it's all shot in England and Scotland. Yeah, I felt like some of the scenery looked familiar. Kind of, yeah, familiar, like Scottish scenery and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. It's interesting, right? Yeah, nice that it was all shot in uh, good old UK as UK podca- podcasters and film enthusiasts. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Shot good. on location. UK, UK's got some nice landscapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right? got it. It's we got, it, we got, got it. that. We got it. Oh, yeah. Um, it was also known as Cruel Space in other countries. What? Yeah, it's a terrible name. That's a real bad name. Oh, and while they're in production, uh, it was... It was called like as just like a, this is definitely not the title, but it's what we're going to call it until we find a title. Or the working it title. It was. Yeah. It was called Chicks with Picks. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I love the idea of like the AC just before they set up a shot has got like the clapper, <laughs> yeah, the clapper and, inso- board. <laughs> and inside the clapper board it just says Chicks with Picks first shot like second yeah. setup or whatever. And there's like a guy with a handlebar chicks mustache. With picks too, uh- <laughs> It's a lot of like greased back hair and, oh my God. <laughs> and, and Hawaiian shirts everywhere. <laughs> nope, no, no, it's no, not. No. It's not that kind of film. No, no, no. Not a pornography. No. Uh, it's by Pathé UK. Yeah. Which I don't know why, but whenever I see Pathé come up before I watch a film, I'm like, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, it's the same feeling I get when I see Film 4 come up. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you just, the brand is instilled in you just yeah. kind of a certain type of quality and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I get that feeling every time I watch an A24 movie. What, A24, what have they done? A24 are like a newer studio that do, they've done a bunch of really cool indie films. Mm. So they, to put it into perspective, they have made a bunch of stuff. They made uh, The Witch. For oh one. yeah, that's a great uh, They made a bunch of stuff. A film called Good Time, which is really good. Cool. Uh, a film called High Life, which has come out. Uh, they made 
I'm going drawing a blank, but well, you've already named three. I think that's fine. Yeah, they've done they've done a bunch. Just need to prove it to yourself. Yeah, I'm forgetting my favorites, which is what's really. Oh, okay, I see. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, the witch is you know you could have just stopped at the witch. That's a great fucking film. So good. So good. Um, other little production bits. We'll get into this a bit later in the podcast, but the U.S. and the U.K. versions differ on the ending. And that's all I'll say at the moment. US and UK version. Um, they have a different ending. Different ending. And I'm sure you can guess what the... Yeah, yeah I can yeah. imagine what which one's which. Yeah. Um, but that, that kind of opens up a bit of a can of worms with the sequel and stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot there was a sequel to yeah. this. I think there's a third one as no. well. I think there is. No. Um, but yeah, that's uh, all of the production yeah, beats I've got, I d- really. I don't really have much production-y stuff on my end mm. um, to talk about with this film. But I, it's fine, because I don't really want to get too much into the... That's not nah, what this film's about. It's not, is like, it? Like, granted, there are some great there are some great stories and some great, like, uh, techie stuff that happens in this film. But that's not what I want to talk about on this episode. Yeah. This is just a really fun movie. Yep. I just want to talk about the funness of it. Um, so first I'll, I will just kind of just talk about a couple of things, mm-hmm. a couple of scenes in terms of techie stuff. Uh, Neil Marshall fucking loves his, he loves his shots. He's, he, he loves his like old school establishing yeah. shots, which I'm a big fan of. He is a fan of Brian Great. De Palma and I can see <laughs> yeah, it all yeah, over definitely. this movie. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. So many Dutch angles, a couple of like real like moving shots and stuff that are all over this thing. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I wanted to talk about, more of a writing standpoint, is that they did something in this film that they don't tend to do. And I was mentioning this when we were watching it mm. last night. Um, and we like paused or something for a second. And I said that they do something that they do in this horror film that they don't, they first of all, don't tend to do in horror films, especially of that time. Yeah. But also just like in general this uh, at the moment. And that is they spent enough time with all of the characters at the start to really build up the relationship of understanding the core of the relationship between who all of these people are and how they relate to each other. So that when the horror actually starts happening, you actually have some kind of some affinity, some relationship, some understanding of the relationship between the characters. And that gets you more invested in the horror scenes yeah, of course. because you understand how they relate to each other. Even if you're not invested as much as like in other films or whatever, you understand how these people relate to each other and where the drama comes from is understanding that horror going on throughout that moment. Like you yeah. kept bringing up when we were watching it, like, oh, like, because uh, like Emily was watching it and she was like getting really scared at certain bits and stuff. And she, you're like, don't worry about this. They haven't resolved this conflict yet. <laughs> like, yeah. like, no one's going to die yet. Characters, and you're like, she's not going to die yet. We need to see how this, but that's the point is that like, yeah, yeah. part of the reason you're watching this film is because you want to watch the drama play out between yeah, these, these like people um, and not, you don't want to watch all of them get killed. You do want to watch some of them get killed though. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, it's every horror film where it revolves around a group of people. I can already or like always pick out who's going first. Yeah, just from like how much uh, backstory they have. Yeah, so just like from a story arc perspective, it doesn't make sense to kill off person X at this point. Yeah. so they're not going to die yet. That's fine. 
Um, so I ruin them for myself, basically. <laughs> no, that's like, it's a good way. I feel like it's a coping mechanism for like not getting yourself scared. That's the way I'd rationalize it in my head. Yeah, it's, it's what yeah. I, it's what I do in yeah. scary films is like, when I get too scared, I like try and picture how did they do this shot? And yeah, I'm like, okay, I yeah. was like, I, I, cause there was definitely a bit in the descent where it got a bit scary for me. And I was like, Oh, I'm just picturing the cameraman just doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, that would have been a really hard thing to yeah. do. This, uh, okay. Yeah. So while we're on, I think I know what bit you're talking about. This film does a great job at making you feel very claustrophobic. Oh my God. And that's way worse than any of the other horror bits in it for me. Yeah. I just hate it so much. The small spaces are the worst, yeah. man. Obviously they're potholing. So it's just a lot of like close ups with people just encased in rock and it's oh interesting fact while we're on that yeah um so it was all shot in the uk yeah um all the landscape shots were you know around scotland and that kind of area and all of the cave shots there is not one single real cave in this film what they're all made at pinewood studios oh my god they made 21 different caves to make this film in pinewood studios yeah i guess that makes sense because of like the logistics of actually shoot shooting in a cave would be terrible like it'd be horrible wouldn't it i mean the lighting alone yeah, like <laughs> the, lighting, the health and safety alone like you'd have to like prep all the caves and stuff and then what if like something happened during like one of the special effects scenes and stuff you can't i guess you'd have to build the caves yourself really unless it was like super low budget and they shot on location but yeah that's that's really incredible that they built all of those caves. yeah they're all built so it says here 21 separate cave sets were built for the film these were uh, carefully reused with different camera angles, set dressing, and lighting to suggest a nearly endless collection of interconnected tunnels. Yeah, they did that really well. Yeah. I'm starting to think now. I didn't I'm... notice one repeated set Yeah, while I was watching it. That's really which good. Which is cool. I'm starting to think now, and I'm trying to think, and like that makes a lot of sense because there are a lot of times where the cameraman is like right there in the caves. Yeah, right in the their act, face. W- with the actors. Yeah. A lot of times where they have to go backwards and having that cave kind of doing that in a real cave would just be a health and safety it, fucking nightmare it would just be terrible <laughs> but um but having it in a cave where you can be open at the back and you can build a track on there and get pull the actual cameraman back yeah. by a wire or something that makes it a lot easier so mm-hmm. that makes that makes a lot more sense yeah that's really cool man but Fun it's fact. really yeah really cool huh 21 yeah. different 21 sets of caves oh, man i would not oh, a lot of man. effort do you imagine that's like that's like the best like design job in like for a film or whatever. You're basically just like doing giant Play-Doh. Yeah, you're just slapping shit on the walls. <laughs> it's like this is great. Like, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Oh man, that's yeah. real fun. Mm. Um, real, real good. Uh, should we talk a bit about the actors? I guess that are in this, like who? Yeah, have you got the names? I do have the names. Um, Alex Reed, I recognise her. Alex Reed plays Beth. Yes. Uh, we've got Shauna McDonald as Sarah, who I believe is the main one. Sarah is the main character. Uh, Natalie Mendoza as Juno, who is the other main one. Oh my god! Who's? We will get into how annoying she is. Mm. Uh, Alex Reed, you've already we've already gone over. Yeah. Uh, Saskia Mulder as Rebecca. Right. Um, my I've I've got some things on this as well, by the way. These characters, uh, Mayanna Burring as Sam, Nora Jane Noon as Holly, and Oliver Milburn as Paul, who is the husband. Give me, give me your takes. What, what things have you got about the characters? Um, I have. Well, let me let me just find it in my professional notes I've got. Um, here they are. So every actress in the group is from a different country. Uh, Shauna McDonald was raised in Scotland but born in Malaysia. 
Natalie Mendoza comes from Hong Kong and lived all over the world. Alex Reed was born in England. Saskia Mulder is from the Netherlands. Mianna Boering is originally from Sweden before moving to Great Britain. And Nora Jane Noon comes from Ireland. And while we were watching it, like in the in the first shots, we were sort of going like, oh, it's quite hard to kind of keep up with the accents. Yeah. Just because like they're kind of giving you like some dialogue to get you invested in these people. I absolutely but- love it. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. But at the same time, you're like, you first, you're listening to someone like with an Irish accent. And then the person who's replying to them has like a Swedish accent. And yeah. like, it just takes us a couple of seconds for your brain to switch to that accent yeah. before you know what they're saying. You're just like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Right, I'm back. Well, the thing is, there's a couple of things with that is that there's so many characters in this. Yeah. The editing's very quick as well. So oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's so snappy and quick that it takes you a while to, for your eyes and ears to adjust to who's speaking at what time. And mm. then the accents on top of that, and the fact that this is such a diverse cast makes it even more difficult because you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, where, like, what's going on? Yeah. But I love it. I think it's such a good use for t- 2005, man. Like yeah. you think about the for sort of films that were coming out in 2005, like the fact that we got a horror movie that's like only like all based around female characters yeah. and like just got kind of a simply simple like a deep positive message which we will get to you think it's a positive message i think it's a message it's empowering (laughs) it's a message it's an empowering message i think at uh, really at at one point i do i do have a take i I think we've got very different takes uh yeah but i mean sounds like it but um in and like installing it into that sort of horror genre Mm -hmm. i um i really enjoyed it i thought it was really good Here's the the thing with that as well, with all the different accents and making it kind of a bit more difficult. Yeah. It makes you pay attention. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're having to concentrate at least a a bit more than usual with like all these accents that are going around at the same time. So it does like immediately kind of, it it makes you concentrate more and you're you're immediately kind of sucked into it. Usually by this point, if you're watching like a cheesy horror movie, you'd be taking the piss out of the characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This film, you'd spend about five minutes being like, wait, who said what? Yeah, "Yeah, they were dickhead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. But I think it's, I mean, I think it's fairly unintentional, but I think it it does the movie a bit of a service in that sense. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm with you for that. That's cool um shall we i've realized i've skipped the review should we get into the reviews let's get into it we hadn't skipped them i was just you were just i was just gassing about the film gassing uh straight gassing so this is the section where we go through some imdb uh reviews that i have uh collated and curated yeah. for uh for Tarek here uh they're all out of 10 and Tarek has to guess how many stars they got so, IMDb reviews? IMDb. No half stars. All right. All out of 10. I will bear that in mind. So first one two is... Two stars. <laughs> every every no. one you guess is two. Uh, first one's from Jeff Urge 7. All right, okay. And this was at the time that the movie came out. Cool. And the title is Very Bad Movie. And the, <laughs> the body of it is... He says warning spoilers, but there's not really any spoilers. Right. Okay. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh... This film lacked almost everything needed in a horror movie. No suspense, only a few really scary parts, and no intelligent storyline. The acting was extremely poor. There were parts where the female characters were fighting the crawlers that were so poorly acted it almost comical. In fact, the audience was laughing like it was an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> what else could you do? You already spent the ticket price. The, the, part, <laughs> the part of the movie that was supposed to be novel and especially creepy was the crawler concept. 
and they were kind of cool. Unfortunately, they were almost a direct ripoff of the cavern-dwelling creatures from Richard Lehman's novel, Midnight Lair. It's almost as if the screenwriter read Lehman's book and said to himself, these things are creepy and would make a good movie cinema. <laughs> I was so disappointed because I had read several good reviews uh, from reputable reviewers. I would recommend this movie in any capacity or circumstance. Amazing. Um, I got a couple of questions with that review. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, first of all, what date did it come out? Do you, have you got a date there on that review? August 2006. 2006, yeah. yeah. So it, Which I think is when this came out. Yeah, it came out, it came out like... Oh, 2005. Okay, so it's like a year. Yeah. It's a year after. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it could have been like a delayed de- delayed release somewhere else in another country. And it's enough time for like all the reviews to be like, this film's great. That felt like a very dated review, in my opinion, <laughs> judging yeah. by the tone. Um, I also it's dated to... for 2006 because he references Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, and the I was just thinking the other thing I wanted to note on is just I really appreciate the voices you put on for these reviews. Well, thank you very so much. So I just wanted to give you as the narrator mm. of these people's stories and opinions yeah. just a point because. I just absolutely love the voices that you do for them. I think they're really fun. Well, I can't take all the credit because I phone every reviewer before <laughs> before the podcast. Yeah, I phone true. them up and I, you know, get a feel for what they're going for, and then I just mimic them. Absolutely love them. Um, yeah. I, I thoroughly disagree. I would sure. say, but although I wouldn't call the acting terrible, I would say it's patchy, varied. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a mixed definitely. bag, a Harry Bows mixed pick and mix bag mm. there are some good bits there are some bad bits sometimes from the same actor in in the same scene, the same scene. <laughs> yeah there are some good bits and there's some bad bits. there really is uh but that's kind of what gives this film its charm in you have my to opinion. kind of just ride with that you just gotta ride with it yeah and some people just don't don't want that out of their own like horror film that's stuff. fine you and know. that's fine like i love serious horror films too i think they're really fun not every horror film is going to be properly serious yeah so, like you know. I, I it's like uh there's a really good one that came out a couple of years ago um i'm getting all the a24 films out in my Very head good. now there's a film called it comes at night which is another oh, one that uh oh you have seen it yeah it's good oh, it's, re- it's like there's a really slow build mm. kind of horror film it's like trying to say something like that's not what this film is no like if you liked scream if you liked I know what you I know what you did last summer. Yeah, it's more along that kind and of And you vein. want like just a bunch of people to just die yeah. in like cheesy horror film style, then this is this is what you're up for. For sure. I would also say this film's quite gory and I don't I always forget this film is quite gory. Yeah. But I feel like it's a tolerable amount of gore. Well, yeah, there's a lot of like shadow as well. So it's like a lot of it is kind of done in it's it's a lot like um so what you were saying before uh about the how it takes ages for the characters to be established and stuff as well in the trailer for this film it comes up with you know reviews kind of splash on the screen and one of the reviews said something like you know uh the best horror since alien or something like that yeah and the 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 similarities between this and alien is it takes enough time to establish all its characters at the start and it makes a very good use of shadows and darkness yeah to combat the budget that they're working with and like alien did that because the technology at the time that alien would not be scary because you'd be like there's a guy in a suit yeah but the, the fact that they use all the shadows and stuff it's fucking amazing yeah um and like even the the thing that they did the thing that this film did as well to take it even further with your point that you're yeah. saying utilizing the budget to your advantage right mm. this film had elements of a found footage film that yeah. was yeah, like very big at this time where you know the whole film's just like shot on these really shitty cameras but it did it in a narrative sense that made 
a point to the story and the writing in it for yeah. it made sense for that camera to be there and those shots to be yeah it was used. A, it was a tool for the character it was a tool for the character it was a tool for the writing and it really worked yeah and i and it made use of made you allowed the directors and the filmmakers to make use of this kind of uh more forgiving camera techniques should yeah. we call them yeah to, yeah to to generate a bit more suspense suspense yeah and there are some cheap like uh jump scares and stuff but there were a lot of cheap jump scares in all and a lot of horror films at this time oh around yeah this it's very of the time i'm i'm someone who i really don't like jump scares not because they scare me just because i think they're cheap yeah um and they are but you know you can as soon as as soon as they're over you you get over it anyway so it's fine i'd be interested to hear some slightly newer opinions because i feel like this film has also aged well it's gotten better with age mm. in my opinion so i would be interested if you do have any reviews from a newer and new, like more recent sources but if they're all from the time that's fine that's well i'm glad that you said that because all of the ones that i've picked are from 2006 awesome <laughs> That's all right. That's fine. But um, I'd just be interested. I'd just be interested in people's thoughts coming back to this film. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think most people revere it very, very, very highly. Yeah. Um, uh, I, what I wanted to get on with this review is when he says, um, they're a ripoff of the cavern dwelling creatures from Richard Lehman's novel, Midnight Lair, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants people to know that he's read that book, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. um, but I've got a little tidbit. Uh, is it based on that book? No, but the crawlers were designed to resemble Nosferatu from the film Nosferatu. Yeah, I can see that. They look very much like him. They very much, very much uh, like some. They some also things. had huge white eyes to begin with, but this idea was done away with because they looked too silly. It took three and a half hours in makeup to transform transform an actor into a crawler. They had to shave off all their body hair as well. That's <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Really fun. Um, but so they're based off Nosferatu yeah. is what I'm getting at. And the other thing that I'm getting at is how can you read a book and then watch a film and say they ripped that image off of that book that I read and then I made an image in my head and now they've ripped off that image. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The book doesn't have pictures of these things. You've made that up in your head. No, fair enough. But and you can still be influenced by that sort of thing. But yeah, it feels sure, like an obscure reference to... It's just a stretch that he wanted, he wanted to like put this book in his, re- in his yeah, review yeah, yeah, basically yeah, is what i'm getting definitely, at definitely definitely um and they do look like nosferatu and i think that's why when we were watching it we sort of were halfway through and i was like are these supposed to be like vampires or like what are they yeah yeah you are a bit like that mm. uh, it's never really explained no it's not explained what they are and i then, do know what they are from my research but I, we can get into that later yeah um next review oh no how many stars oh uh, do you know what i'm gonna stick with my original um yeah. uh thing i'm gonna go with two stars one star out yeah of ten. that sounds about right you always miss it by one yeah uh okay you ready for the next one yeah let's go okay this one's from lisa sure uh the worst movie i've ever seen this movie is by far the worst movie i've ever seen in my life in fact it is almost impossible to see anything the plot is ridiculous and there is nothing positive in the movie. <laughs> it is a real fake. That's one sentence. It is a real fake. Thanks. Characters are totally fictitious. The storyline is nonsense from the beginning and has no con- continuity. People should be indemnified after seeing this movie. How can the movie industry permit such movies? My real vote for this should be minus 10. What else can be said? 
The soundtrack is even worse than the image of the movie, as you constantly hear loud noise and voices can hardly be suspected. It has nothing original, and everything seems to be a composition of very bad pieces of poor movies of the same kind. Oh my god. The that sentence one. structure. It's so good. That, That's that. why I picked it. It's so great that I feel like your Microsoft Sam impression should also get uh, oh, yeah. uh, a point because. I mean, how do you even read those sentences? <laughs> Just one letter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one letter at a time. Oh, man. I, yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like it's interesting that we're getting a lot of bad reviews for this film. Mm. I feel like there's a certain amount, we've talked about it, there's a certain amount of um, just going with the flow, shall we? Just like, just drop in your preconceived notions and you got to go along with the ride. I mean, and I don't even think you have to do that very much. It's a fairly standard horror film. Yeah. Like, yeah. as a premise. Yeah. It's it's original as a premise, but it's also like, you're not going to be like, that's different from everything I've ever seen before. Yeah. And I'm totally. disappointed. No, 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 no. But you just got to... You're getting a good horror film out of it. You just got to... Yeah, you just got to... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just kind of like... Yeah, you've got to uh, get rid of your preconceived notions or your disbelief mm, there's a certain yeah. amount of yeah disbelief that needs to kind of that you need to kind of get rid of yeah i think i think you need you should really do that for most movies most movies just because you're setting your <laughs> you gotta, Sorry, have, gotta have that chocolate Hershey, Hershey break <laughs> gotta go for it keep going um, just because you got you've got to allow yourself to enjoy the film basically mm-hmm. you're gonna get stuck otherwise and just that while while uh Tarek, uh, eats a bit of chocolate. Mm-hmm. I just want to say I came up with the idea for an Easter episode where we both just have our mouths full with chocolate while we talk, and I think that'd be really fun. I said we were going to have like a Hershey break during this episode because you got <laughs> us a couple of Hershey's. It's then, my fault, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is your fault. But then I was just like, you know, what? I can't wait. It's too good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to have one right now. Got to have it. It's great. Um, yeah, man. Like I just, I just feel like it's just a bit overly harsh. It, I mean, it really is. I want to just um, pick on two sentences in here. Go for it. Okay. First one is, he goes on and on, and then he goes, my real vote for this should be minus 10. What else can be said? And then he goes on to talk for another three sentences, <laughs> yeah. which I just really like. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just very good. Um, really and the other whole sentence is, it is a real fake. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Which that. I'm pretty sure is a Donald Trump quote, Yeah, surely. It's a real fake. It's fake movies. Fake um yeah like okay they're not this bringing is the point their best that I wanted movies to pick on yeah for this review mm-hmm. what is it what right do people think they have on just on saying what hollywood or just film companies in general should be making like yeah um it's an yeah. artistic expression of someone like look i'm not gonna fight and say that this film is an artistic expression part of it just I a good feel horror like film. It is, yeah. but I've, i'm sure part of the development was that they just wanted to make like a good fun cheesy horror film yeah but what right do you as a as a as a viewer and an enjoyer of content mm-hmm. do do you have on saying that this it this thing is terrible and you should make it again or like this it was wrong like I'm talking about, like, what? Do, what's your opinion on this whole, like, these people that are like um, asking, like, the Last Jedi to be remade, or like <laughs> to like, to, yeah, like these people that like yeah. get petitions together, oh yeah, to like stop movie companies making movies or tell them to make them again, or like yeah. to say it's that it's not up to their standard or whatever, because like that's kind of the tone of this 
review. Yeah, yeah. And I bit. just like I'm just just thinking about it, and I just like it just feels it just feels wrong. Like so, my view on that is, um, you do have a certain right as a consumer of the product, yeah. but that right can be expressed with your purchasing of the product. Yeah. Um. So if the movie's shit. Like if you go to the fil- to the mo- to the you know cinema and see a film and you're really disappointed with it, get your money back. Um, you're well within your rights to do that. And then the movie doesn't make enough money, and then the the you know film company. I mean, everything's a fucking sequel now. Yeah. The film company will be like, well, that movie didn't do very well, so we should try something different for the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how you do that. And that's and that and that's capitalism, kids. That's I know capitalism. you don't like it, but that's the way it is. Um, but like as far as getting like a petition going and stuff it's just a tantrum yeah and like just you're being just a weenie and just stop <laughs> just it just child just stop a weenie such a great word yeah me. but no i really i really yeah i do i do agree i, th- I don't think it's um i don't think it's a, the right way to express that opinion it's not because it it makes it makes the people that agree with that opinion all seem like petulant children and then no one's going to listen to them anyway. Yeah, and it's really hard to take that sort of argument seriously. Exactly. As it's constructive a criticism. Like, by all means, have an opinion on a movie. Yeah, of course. And, like, say what you like and what you didn't like about it. And express that opinion online if you want with other people and have a discussion about it. Mm. Sure, well up for that. But saying that this was the wrong way to do it, or, like, make it again, yeah. or I'm going to raise money because I didn't enjoy this product. I mean, it's not made, f- like... You don't. You're not entitled to it. You went to yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. You went to this ex- this experience to like hopefully had a good experience to see what someone else made for your enjoyment. Part of that, you should be grateful that you in a first of all in a position that you can even do that, and yeah. then secondly that 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 it's just that you ha- can enjoy this sort of content that people have like made for you, and it's a lot of work that people have put in. Yeah. So by all means, enjoy it if you want to enjoy it. Don't enjoy it if you don't want to enjoy it. Express your opinion. But don't raise petitions. Don't tell the makers it's, to go make it again. Because yeah, they're not going to be like, we spent $200 million on making this film, but Gary from Minnesota yeah. said he didn't like it. So we're going to we're gonna make it again. Exactly, yeah. Where's, and, where's, yeah. where's the bank? Give me more $200 million. Like I said, if you hated it, just get you get a refund. Yeah. That's that's the way you voice that. that, that, you, that that's the way you, you get your message to them, is yeah. if they don't make enough money on the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way you do it. It's the same, like, if you go for a meal in a restaurant and the meal sucks and then you tell them that and you go, yeah, I'm not fucking paying for that steak that was burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You are completely within your rights to do that. That's fair enough. I commend you to do that. Um, yeah. But, you know, you wouldn't go to a restaurant and then be like, they burnt my steak. Everyone signed my petition. <laughs> like, why would you do that? It's just like that. You yeah, wouldn't do right. that. Yeah. Like, that's just a fucking dick move and yeah. you're being a douche. You just yeah. stop. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement on this. That's great. Yeah. Um, Internet as, grow up. Yeah, basically. <laughs> as, for, uh, as for uh, I'm going to try and do some detective work. Mm. Uh, as for stars, what's this username for the review? Uh, Laser with two L's at the front. Laser. Yeah. Uh, okay. They did talk about some good points. I'm going to do you know what? Screw it. I'm going to give it one star. It was one star. Yeah. yeah he's, he's done it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Yeah, go on. Uh, this one is from Pureed Monkey Brains. Ooh, I feel like that's a clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the title is Devastating, Visceral, Breathtaking Horror. 
And I feel like I'm going to read this like an aristocrat because yes, that's what it please, deserves. Please, please, pure and okay. brains. <clears throat> this is without question an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. One that I haven't walked out of a theater feeling in many, many years. <laughs> the audience I saw this with in January at Sundance was completely sucked in screaming, rolling in pure fear. The film stayed with me for several days afterward. In fact, it did something no film has ever managed to do. It gave me nightmares. The night I saw it, I could not sleep. It was that powerful in its ability to shock and make one's blood run cold. The direction, cinematography, and execution are delivered with mesmerizing skill. <laughs> Bravo to everyone involved in this total masterpiece. Not just in horror, but for cinema history itself. This is a classic, unforgettable. Yay! Thank, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, and I loved you channeling your Oliver Reed. For that, because I was did, that Oliver Reed? I did get a couple of oh, Oliver Reed okay. little, little moments uh, from that red review. I just, I just, I love it. Yeah, all right, very, it's great. very good. Um, uh, sorry, I'm reviewing your review. It's Re- so, that is so uh, meta. It's so meta. Reviewing my review of a review. It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> too much. Um, <laughs> 10, 10 out of ten. Um, I, that's great. I, I'm really glad we got a positive one in there. Yeah, I had to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, going to do I all really, shit. I really, I really enjoyed it. I uh, feel like it may be because it's of the time, slightly mm-hmm. to the other way. Yeah, that's um, exactly why I picked it. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, that's bound to happen when like you get new horror movies. And like for the time that it came out, this is a pretty great movie. And that's it why is. it stood the test of time. So of course people felt this way about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I'm one of these people when I watch horror films... I love them. I'm also a little scared of cat. I you are you had your blanket. I need a comfort blanket if I'm gonna watch a scary film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if I'm gonna go to the cinema, I take a little like big coat that I can just put on me, and like it can be my like sneaky comfort blanket or something if I get too scared. And uh, I um, just every time I watch a horror film, even if it's a shitty horror film, the moment I'm going to bed, right when I'm just about to go to sleep brush your teeth do all the other stuff turn all the lights off and then you're just about to go to sleep mm-hmm. as i close my eyes i always see stuff like i don't know if anyone else gets this when they watch horror films but i just see the image right the scary bit of that film just in my room yeah i don't i don't know why i don't know why that happens but i feel like it's a testament to a good film of a horror film if you can get an image that sticks in your mind uh, I wouldn't agree that this film gave me nightmares. It didn't give me nightmares. No, no not at all. It didn't stick, it stick it's, with me it's, that much. It's too action-y to be a nightmare film for me. Yeah, there's, and I feel like that's why it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's, it's, like, it's just all physical. It's like two parts. It's like two parts horror. One part like Tomb Raider. Yeah, is a little what, bit. Yeah, is yeah, kind yeah. of what we're thinking. Yeah. Like a bit swashbuckly. Yeah, because there is some like fight scenes and stuff. I mean, there's know? there's a there's a whole gag. There's a whole running gag about every time anything intense happens, the most hateable character in this just puts that pike down in her like list of stuff, and then oh, there's like a zoom in transition of like 
just her putting this pike down in her like straps and stuff. It is infuriating. And it's just like, it's it's great because it happens so many times. It's almost like a chapter start and end. Yeah, it's it like, really is. It's just like end of that part. I said it's, it's like, like the loading screen for the next bit. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, like a security watchman just putting their torch in their toolbox. So just like, <laughs> like yeah, that's, yeah. that's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, lo- I like it though. I just, th- these are, these are all the charming reasons that I fucking love this film. It's just mm. great. It's yeah, really, it's, really good. The, the bits you enjoy, you really enjoy, and the bits that you hate, you enjoy hating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just makes for a good time. The best way to watch this film is with mates. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, as for this review, I believe that this person gave it. Now, the positive reviews, you give me so many negative reviews mm. that it's really hard to guess when you, you give right me, off, doesn't it? when you give me a positive one. Sneaky. But um, this review is so positive that I think this person gave it nine stars. I wouldn't think they would give it 10 stars because I feel like this is the sort of reviewer that would reserve 10 stars for a classic. Right. Uh, did they give it nine stars? So you're saying uh, someone called Pureed Monkey Brains yeah. believes in classics. Yes, I do. Okay. Their version of classics. Right. Uh, is that a hint? Should I be giving it 10 stars? <laughs> no, you've already said nine now. <laughs> and they, in fact, gave it 10 out of 10 oh, stars. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Damn it! I forgot the username. That was the that was the that was the hint. Yeah, definitely. Um, Pureed monkey brains. Uh, I just really liked reading that one. There's not really anything to pick out of that review. I just thought it was fun no, to read. No, I just read. really loved it. It was really great. <laughs> I just uh, the delivery. Just wanted to read it. I loved it. I loved it all. Um. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's get into before we get into like scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about characters. Sure. I want to talk about Juno. I would like to talk about Juno. I hate Juno. I fucking hate her so much. So much. This is like probably one of the top spots for like the most amount of fun I've had hating someone actively and like how much I've hated someone in a horror film. Like Mm. I find it difficult to think of another horror film where I have maybe the kid of the Babadook I've hated a bit more than this. Um... But I can't think of many. It seems harsh. <laughs> no, have you seen the Babadook? Yeah, but the kid is so annoying. Yeah, but that's okay. We'll like, get into get, that later. You get, you get on side with him. You get on side, but at the start of the film, you do hate the kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not gonna, because I could talk about that for a long time, yeah, so yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, do yeah, that. Sure, we won't go off on a tangent. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like another film that does that kind of character love to hate thing on par as this and nothing's coming to mind no. i mean i'm sure i've got some in there but i can't think of any off the top of my head maybe this like is a someone really good out one. of like i know what you did last summer or something i can't think yeah of like but even then it doesn't matter because those characters don't last very long yeah see that's the and thing with the other characters films. yeah they would well, they yeah they kind of make them instantly annoying and then instantly kill them off yeah. Whereas this one is kind of like instantly annoying. She's instantly annoying, and then she has like a couple of little bits of dialogue where you're like, oh, you know, she whatever she means well, and then she's annoying again. And you're like, no, nah, I fucking hate her. <laughs> yeah. And then she finally gets her comeuppance, and it's it's good. Yeah. It it builds it up and it's it pays off. I feel like it's intentional though. Of course it is. Yeah. It's got uh, to be. It's intentional. To Although I don't know if all the poses were intentional. No, 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 no. They definitely I feel weren't. like the writing of the character is intentional. The acting of the character is unintentionally annoying no as well you keep talking for a minute because i'm gonna just have a little look up of what else she's done because i feel like i, I can explain Career this movie is what you're thinking no, i just feel like i can explain some of it okay if i'm right all right okay 
Um, well, okay, I'll put I'll put this into context for some of our listeners that may not have seen this film. Yeah. Uh, for the spooktacular episode, so Juno is a character who has um she's kind of in main conflict with our main character sarah sarah she during the prologue uh we're kind of led to believe that she's having an affair with the husband um during the first uh bit after the kind of uh first like husband and child uh, of sarah die in the prologue um she then goes and kind of plans this whole expedition but then decides to lead them to a different cavern. And mm. so she, we see her leave the plans for the map and we see her not just lead them down and just kind of guess where she's going. But the whole time she's kind of her ego and her arrogance yeah. so strong because she wants to be the person that like discovers this thing, but make it like a thing that she's like a nice thing she's doing for this person. She's the embodiment of covering up your selfishness as kindness yeah. for someone else yeah and it's some of the most infuriating stuff i've had, I had to watch and you know what's annoying about it is we've all met someone like that yeah and it's just like oh i fucking hate that person. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. like okay we'll put this into perspective more for our listeners there's a point where they're getting up in the cavern she is the type of person that gets up and goes for a run mm. at five in the morning and then, j- then, and then goes, gloats about it. Gloats about waking it. Goes people to everyone, up. waking up everyone. Ugh. And then as everyone's grogging, getting up, showing off like how flexible she is with like her stretches. Yeah. Like, she like bursts into the cabin. With like a and... cheeky smile. Like, why are you doing that? I've just gone up. I'm hungover from the night before. Yeah. Why, why are you throwing that in my face? She like kicks the door of a cabin open to like wake the other girls up and just like, does a big like leg stretch thing with her leg all the way up in the air. And it's like, mm-hmm, time to get up. So it's like, just little, fuck things, off. It's like, little things like that, hung that, over. Get, that get worse Yeah, yeah. as the film goes on. It's and very she annoying. gets more and more and more annoying. And it's just a, just a little bit, a little bit terrible. There's another key moment that kind of shows her character uh, as the uh, party are stuck uh, between two, uh, uh, two kind of crevices, <laughs> two cliffs. Uh, the kind of Netherlands character that's kind of uh, really good at climbing has to go across and like stick all these pegs in so the others can kind of get the rope across and zip line across. Um, so they she she kind of does this really difficult um, climb where she just kind of like is literally just going by her hands and sticking these pegs up and clipping herself in as she goes along, does this whole thing. And then Juno's the last person to go across and then instead of just going across the zip line like everyone else she throws the 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 rope over and decides that she wants to show off and like climb across the the um pegs and just take them out because yeah, take them out she's apparently going they'll need they'll need all of the supplies that they can get but she's just doing it to like she's show just off. showing off but she's like i'm doing us all a favor because we're gonna need these and she puts everyone else in danger because yeah. of it all the time all she the does time. this constantly yeah right. these are just three little examples of what kind of character she is yeah. anyway you were looking up her imdb okay so my theory yeah fell apart what i was thinking was that because she was born in hong kong i was thinking maybe she started her acting career in hong in in hong Hong Kong. Why can't I say Hong Kong? <laughs> in Hong Kong, and may, and where like those like facial expressions and poses would be more palatable in in like a film from there. Yeah. Um. 
But that's it. It's not, it's not right. She was just born in Hong Kong and then she grew up in Britain and, and did some stuff. So there's no excuse there. So what you're saying is you're racist. Yes. <laughs> Very racist. Um, well, I just, I was just hoping for like, you know, that would kind of explain it away a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? if, um, if it was in, if it was in like kind of one of those movies. But she, um, yeah, no, like it just, it, the thing is, is that some of the poses and expressions that she does in this film doesn't feel like the character it feels like the actor yeah yeah she's trying to get her face out there and she's trying to get her face out there and it's just it's infuriating to watch because it's at that point it crosses over and it's not part of the character it's just you you're overacting it's it's like toned down every time the camera goes on her face she does the uh, the Joey Tribbiani smell the fart act. Oh my god! Oh my that's what god. she does every time. Oh, yes, that's exactly what it is. And it's just so annoying. And okay, so the other two things that I got uh, from my very brief research. Go for it. So that fell apart. Um, <laughs> Tarek just dropped his chocolate. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, and okay, so the other two things I got was I was just obviously looking her up. Uh, she's mainly known as Jackie Clinton, the British drama series Hotel Babylon, and I'm quoting here, and as Tough Girl Juno in The Descent. It's like, mm, no, explains a lot. No, did she write that? I think she might have. And <laughs> and but also, what I find very strange from this is she's in the sequel. What? It, yeah, that that was what I did internally. She's in the sequel. I don't know how. <laughs> She is tough girl. <laughs> she's tough girl Juno. Don't mess with her. Oh my god. Yeah, she's in the sequel somehow. I kind of want to watch it just to yeah, I be annoyed. Yeah, I just to figure that out. I'm not <laughs> sure how that works. Uh, spoilers. But um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like yeah, that's weird. Um is this do you know if the sequel's made by the same person? Um I can it's find right. out. You know, I I don't think it is, you know. I don't I this strikes this film strikes me as like a weirdly popular indie film that got very popular and then the horror market decided to make a bunch of sequels to it, it. Yeah. with a bunch of different directors. And is, different yeah, takes. I I I would imagine so because it's going to be the yeah, it's a different director. Yeah. Um I so. Yeah, different director. Cuz this has a very the, final ending in my opinion. Yeah, but not in the US version, which is yeah. what uh we'll get into. Yep, yep, yep. And, that, and that's definitely where the sequel bullshit comes from. Yep, 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 yep. Just make a good standalone film, please. Just do it. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of Juno? Any other takes with her that you want to talk about? Tough um, girl Juno. Just that Our I hate. I just hate her Indiana Jones hat. Yep. And uh, I hate her poses. All of her hats, actually, because she starts off in the first scene wearing a cap instead of a hard hat when she's doing white water oh, rafting. She's just a dick. Uh, because she wants to show off. Yeah. She's also wearing an Indiana Jones hat to go potholing instead of a helmet. Which it's got a wide brim. It's gonna fall off. Yeah. You're going through little little bits. Too many too many gusts of wind. Yeah. Down below. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you should see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the last, yeah, the last thing I just, I just, no, just no. Just no thank you just to Juno. no thank you. Very annoying. Um, okay, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about, I will talk about one more thing before I get to my last thing. Yes. Um, the, fir- the first thing I wanted to talk about is more of a techie thing, mm-hmm. but it's more a of a, I really wanted to comment and really talk about how much I enjoyed some of the dream sequency transitional effects that they do particularly there's this one scene that we visit quite three times i think or uh, a, a few times if not three maybe yeah, i think it's about three um and it's like a bridging uh flashback 
of uh, uh, of us zooming in from Sarah's perspective to see her daughter mm-hmm. uh, blowing out some birthday candles. The first time we see this is after after while she's in a coma after her husband dies. Yeah, she's in like the hospital bed. Yeah, the second time we're seeing is when she falls down and she falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And the third time we see this is at the end. Yeah. Uh, I think m- those are all the times. I think there's a fourth time as well. Maybe. Uh, but I don't, I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so we're, so there's a, so there's a, there's these kind of these transitioning bits and I really enjoyed how they used the transition of us seeing her, this perspective of her daughter and puts us into, it really puts us into her skin and like yeah. the mindset of the character to kind of visit this same perspective on like while she's out there. And it's like, shows us a couple of things at the same time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it shows us her goals because like it's like the only thing that she cares about is getting back to that. It also shows us the fact that she's lost everything because she doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. So the this kind of she's lost her daughter. So the only way she can be with her is in these kind of dream sequence bits that happen, these momentary flashbacks. And it just kind of shows her kind of like battling with her own sanity a bit yeah it's like losing herself down in these minds and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like a small bit of that i just wanted to comment on that because i really enjoyed that bit so i got a little thing for this yeah um do you want to get into it now do you want to get into yeah it? yeah it's not yeah. i won't spoil anything cool. um so the first time you see it like you said she's in hospital and it's uh wake her waking up from a coma as her husband and her daughter die yeah and the hallucination is her daughter blowing out candles on a birthday cake yeah, and from obviously that one is the candles being blowing out, uh, of them dying. That's yeah. easy, like light to dark. That's yeah, a yeah. simple metaphor. The second one you see is they're in the cave. Yeah, and the candles are bl- being blown out one by one, and there's six candles and there's six friends. So that's kind of what I got from that, which yeah. I thought was really cool. That's really cool. And then the last one, uh, the hallucination. There's three candles at the start, isn't there? The first flashback. I Is think there? I vaguely Maybe. remember Maybe. three candles. I might be wrong. And the, I'm not sure, but yeah, it could be. Uh, and the last one um, that you see at the end is, I don't believe the candles get blown out. It just cuts out of her hallucination and the candles are her torch that she's holding. Um, which also is, you know, symbolism. Yeah. Which I like. And that's yeah, kind of her. Well, we've got differing theories on what the ending means by yeah. the sounds of it. But yeah. Yeah. But that one's fairly relevant to what I'll get into later. I feel like we've got the same theory, but we're just choosing to see different, it different paths. Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, that's what I'm really enjoying. Right now, the unless you've got anything else you want to say about no, that. I just really like that kind I, of thing. I also very much enjoyed mm. that. But the last thing I want to talk about now is just this bit that I was talking to you about when we were watching it, and um, I really feel. That all right, you might not agree with what I'm gonna say. Right. There might be a few people that don't agree with what I'm about to say. Okay. I genuinely feel that this film is a very um this is a good example about what horror films do great. Particularly for what I feel that horror movies do great for um which was which is strange that we haven't covered this already in one of our reviews, but what horror films do great for uh, female actors and for female uh, for kind of uh, feminism in general um, for their sort of just their just the way that 
opportunities they sort of give. There's an aspect of empowerment and uh, feminism that you can explore in a horror movie that's a much more empowering for the time than other uh, films and other genres. You think about this concept of the final girl, and this is kind of what I want to talk about this. In horror movie tropes, there is this um, trope that uh, everyone dies in Mm -hmm. horror movies except for the final girl. This one person typically is a uh, is a woman. Um, So oftentimes it's um, the trope is seen as like uh, one of the less promiscuous women, but it doesn't it's not always that way. Um, yeah, that is a classic horror trope, though. Isn't it is, it? Like but the- it's but the point is, is that they start off as like shy or something else, and they oh, this one female character overcomes all of these obstacles. Yeah, they find bravery the, um, and find the courage and the kind of perseverance within themselves to overcome all of these things and eventually be the one that survives yeah against all odds with these kind of like jockey characters that are in there these kind of big burly people or like that that you might think in those sorts of situations might survive who comes out on top it's this one female character that's really good Mm -hmm. that's not that's not a trope that's that you would find during the time for a a lot of horror films there's another great podcast that if you're interested in talk and discussing and thinking about this stuff called she kills um where they um they interview a lot of people that were in horror films and stuff talking specifically about females in horror movies so if you're interested in that stuff and that discussion check that podcast out but um yeah i really wanted to talk about this film as an example of that because mm-hmm. i really i really enjoyed everything they did with the sarah character um even you know if some of the acting and some of the scenes were a bit patchy and stuff i really enjoyed the she writing she does the best job of acting in the whole she does life. the best job i'll give her that um but the writing of her character as well like mm-hmm. she's got clear motivations she's the only one that kind of overcomes all of this stuff and she's such a good example of growth throughout yeah. all of this adversity and all of this horror that happens to her um as turning from this kind of grief that could have kind of swallowed her up um, at the start of the film to coming out of a shell and becoming and overcoming that um, to become who she becomes at the end of the film. Okay. You look at, you look at the you look at like the start and the end and those are two completely different people. And as an, as an arc of growth for a character, I just make an argument. This is a really great positive thing to view just on that. end. you just view the spectrum from where you start and where you end up. And it's just a really good growth of character, just in general. But particularly in horror films, that all of these people are females. They all go through their own individual journeys. And on top of that, she just turns into a badass, which is really cool. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But when you're saying, like, at the time, you wouldn't see many of those kind of things. I guess, like, maybe maybe not in the, two th- in the 2000s. Like, it was a bit more kind of hedonistic kind of thing, especially, yeah. like, music scene and stuff. But... Um, you know, to go back to the the other film we referenced earlier, nineteen seventy nine, Alien. Yeah, mm, that's no, but this is exactly you know my I mean? point. Is that this is exactly my point? Is that horror movie did that? Horror movies did that before anyone else. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If that's like, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, that's what that's what my thing is that they yeah, were they were they were exploring these themes before anyone else thought to do that in other genres. Is is what I was saying, kind of in in yeah. horror, horror movies, we were kind of exploring that stuff in the seventies or what, or or mm. even earlier. 
uh, and those themes and stuff. But I just really like that this film did it with multiple people. Uh, yeah, horror and, movies have, have done a much better job of that than anything. But else. that's what, that's kind of what I want to talk about because a lot yeah. of people write them off because they think that they're they're when they talk about horror movies. Oh, I don't like horror movies because they're quite degrading to women, or they, um, you know, I don't like the way that they treat women in these characters and stuff. People have that opinion, but like I think if you look a bit deeper, you'll find that the those tropes in horror movies are actually quite empowering to women. Um, in some uh, it in depends. Some instances. It depends what movies you the, the way I see. It depends what ones you're watching because horror movies are very much uh, like the genre of music known as metal. Yes. Uh, as in, there's so many different subgenres in there. Yeah. That like. You know, if someone doesn't like that kind of music, they'll hear someone go like, oh, I like metal. And then be like, Ugh. but actually there's so much going on. There's like the horrible pig squealy metal. That's just, just no, thank you. And then there's, there's like pig squealy metal. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is there's like 20 different types yeah, of metal. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And probably more than that. And it's the same for horror. You have like cosmic horror. You have like existential horror. You have, you know, all this stuff, all of this stuff. You have more kind of visceral, real horror. Yeah. And the stuff, yeah like the stuff with um where it's just kind of like you know a, a murderer man mm-hmm. then yeah female characters do tend to get kind of typecast and stuff but when it's something like a more of like a um more of like an existential horror mm-hmm. or a horror where the the horror is from outside uh like a you know a cosmic thing or like mm-hmm. an unknown thing like in here you can use metaphors a lot more and you can use those metaphors to your advantage to write a good character arc yeah I totally agree with you there. I um, will say that I think as well as that, there are certain tropes that are kind of so wide. You could you, you could extend this to metal as well, but um, talking specifically about horror, there are certain tropes that are just genre-wide that mm. would apply kind of to the breadth of all of those subgenres of horror that you can use, like the like this kind of thing of a final girl is quite yeah. a is quite a genre uh genre wide trope and it's kind of a thing that's kind of used regardless of what kind of subgenre of horror that you're watching this idea of this final person persevering through uh their ob- the obstacles to overcome that stuff um talking about what you said as well in terms of like using the metaphors and stuff mm. there's a degree of separation when you put a existential problem in a paranormal or supernatural kind of setting and putting a degree of separation in there to really explore the themes of what that actually means that I find fascinating. And I think that's why horror can achieve a lot more interesting discussions in terms of what we find out about ourselves and poses a lot of more interesting questions for that stuff than you can find in uh, other films. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like horror films and sci-fi films are just the easiest ones to talk about on this podcast because there's so many kind of uh, philosophical elements to it yeah. you can just dive into. That being said, this ain't one of those movies. <laughs> Isn't it? There is a couple. <laughs> We're in the wrong fucking cave. Holly was right. Born Caverns was a tourist trap. I don't try and pin this fucking shite on me. This is not caving. This is an ego trip. There is a couple, but there's um this this isn't this isn't under the skin. No, no, it's not quite that far. Yeah, but there's there's some cool shit in here. There's a cool shit. Um, should we get should we get into that then? We've been darting around it. Um, 
yeah should we should we do reviews first or and then spoilers or just kind of should we just i I mean this film came out in 2006 yeah let's just get into it let's just get into it you spoilers ahead spoilers we've probably already done some yeah we definitely have (laughs) i think you said one of the first reviews you said walkers in there so i guess that would count as a spoiler yeah but that's a stupid spoiler yeah that's true. fine that's it's in fine. the trailer it yeah exactly uh all right so why why is this an optimistic film Tarek? right okay so we should probably just set up the ending um oh definitely yeah the first the whole um right i'm gonna say it out loud mm-hmm. and it's not gonna sound optimistic but then just stick with me okay stick with me all right all right um so the literal version of what happens is not very optimistic, but for the purposes of setting this up, um, Sarah goes through all of these kind of extremities, has lost her friends, has lost her best friend, had a confrontation with Juno, uh, which was one of my favorite scenes, actually, yeah, uh, where they, they kind of get caught, overwhelmed by some walkers and stuff, and then uh, confront each other. Um which uh was really good and then sarah just like uh more like kind of mortally injures i would say like a just a a deep injury to juno yep to make sure that she can't get out like on her own and then leaves her and then leaves her to die like she did to one of the other friends Mm -hmm. um as she's going uh she uh kind of overcomes all the stuff she runs as fast as she can passes out one last time um falls asleep and wakes up and we see her discover a light um and an exit to the cave runs out gets in the car starts driving goes to the side of the road kind of calms herself down freaks out and overcomes everything that's gone on truck drives past honks on the thing and then she wakes up again and we've discovered that she never left Mm -hmm. she never left the outside of the cave she's still stuck down there and she's still looking and she's still looking ahead of her and she's looking at the hallucination of her daughter yeah. now i'm guessing you talk about two different endings i'm guessing the american ending is that that we didn't cut back to her waking up exactly yeah she the american ending is she just gets out she gets out which is too convenient because in that ending she wakes up and then there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, that seems awfully convenient. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it is because it's all a he- her hallucination. And so that makes sense. It's filmed very uh, over the top, extravagantly. Yeah. For the purposes of the fact that it is not real. It's filmed very Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? just, like, just like running over the bones and yeah, stuff and just like up. scrambling up. Um, but yeah. So, okay. On the surface... That is quite a depressing note to end on. Mm -hmm. We give us false hope and then we cut back to this thing. If you look at it on the literal events of what happened, that is a depressing end. If you go back to what I was saying in terms of a character arc, in the mind of the Sarah character, here's my take. The mind of the Sarah character, she's overcome all of this thing and she's got, um, She's trying to, while she's down there and while she's trying to do this thing with her friends, she's also trying to overcome the grief and the loss of losing her loved ones. She's Mm -hmm. lost her husband and she's lost her daughter. And she's trying to forget about that stuff, but also trying to come come to terms with that fact. Now, it's kind of like depressing, but kind of like also a positive note that when we cut back to her, we see her daughter and she's staring back at her daughter. And it's like... 
the thing that we see is like we see them together and then we see her just on our own just staring mm-hmm. and it's like a positive stare it's like a nice stare now you could read this as giving into the delusion but you can also read this as like take like she's overcoming the sort of like loss and acceptance and just kind of deciding to just i can just stay here with my loved ones i've it's kind of like a it's like a twist on like losing the sanity type thing okay uh where it's kind of like i can just be here and it's okay and it's finding a positive light like not what i'm trying to say is that it's not staying in the despair of being down in this caves and like crying and screaming that all of these people are here i'm finding it's like accepting it's like despair. acceptance of your yeah. it's like acceptance of your situation and yeah. being at peace with what's happened because you realize that you're going to be with your loved ones again okay so like you're saying that she's accepted that she's going to die but she'll like that's you know, what i'm going to heaven saying. with a with a so she's gonna, she's like being kind of reunited thing. with her again type okay thing. all right yeah that's kind of like what i the positive note that i see on that and take that from take that side of the coin from the beginning of the film where after her husband and her child die where she doesn't even want them to bring up the name of the person doesn't want to think about them and whenever we see them it's an, an involuntary thought yeah yeah it's a dream sequence or it's like something i don't i don't want to think about this now because i don't want to remember that yeah and then when we see it right at the end it's like oh, a awake hallucination like she's acceptance it's i want to stay here i want to be with this person we can see that from her expression yeah of not reacting in like a it's it's lucid. Way. it's an it's a it's a it's a lucid uh acceptance that's yeah. in that and i feel like that's a positive note to end on with that but i feel like okay. you have a different take with this so i want to hear it i want to hear it that's pretty i mean we're kind of on the same lines with the hallucination stuff um so i was just looking up because i've always had this opinion of the film whenever i watch it yeah um and i just like quickly looked up fan theories and it's like the most the most uh agreed upon fan theory out there is the same one that i've thought since i first watched it cool um so uh you know i'll read out the body of it and then i'll read the title so sarah is the first to see the crawlers becca mentions hallucinations in caves and we know that sarah hallucinates escaping only to wake up in a cave sarah killed five crawlers and there are five other women in the cave the titular descent could also be sarah's descent into madness Sarah didn't take her medication with her because she thought, like the others, it would just be a day trip. The way she rises from the blood pool near the end is extremely similar to how the crawlers move. Sarah killed the other five and hallucinated the crawlers. Interesting. And um, on reading that, I was like, yeah, I've always kind of thought that, that that was kind of part of it. But I wasn't like sure that she hallucinated all of them. And then I started thinking about it. Do you ever see the crawlers kill one of them? Yes. Do you? Yeah. When? You see uh, the crawlers kill the uh, person that falls down and has a splint. Her body falls Mm -hmm. and her body drops. Um, And we see them. We also see the crawlers dig into and eat one of the other people uh, that gets tripped up. I think it's the, I think it might be the Netherlands person. You don't see them kill them. No. You see them eat them. Yeah, you see them eat them. You're not seeing them kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one with the Does splint. Does that not count as eat? Killing. Well, that's an easy hallucination if you were Sarah. Yeah, I guess. So w- the first one with the splint, she gets like, um, 
how does she she gets like dragged into something, or something she right? falls down she rushes down a cave yeah and uh she falls down mm-hmm. and then she breaks she breaks her breaks her leg and like bone pops out and they need to pop it back and put a, sp- a splint in there gross scene but kind of <laughs> great uh she's making so much noise and that as they're moving on uh she can't make it out and she gets dropped on yeah. So they all come and get her and they leave. Uh, they, yeah, basically they grab her and they take yeah. her away. She can't get out in time. Um, the other one is during the fight. So they grab her and take her away. Yeah, they grab her and take her away. So you don't see them kill her. Yeah. But then we see her dead later. Yeah, sure. Because Sarah yeah. killed her. So when that's and happening. That split the gang up because they're running away from we Sarah. We see Juno kill Beth though. So that's my argument to that. Yeah, so we... a crawler didn't kill that her either. No, a crawler didn't kill her. Juna killed her. Yeah. But the fact that some another human killed another human in this. I'm not agreeing that she killed the other five, but okay. I'm pretty sure the crawlers aren't real. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. You think it's a hallucination? It's an interesting yeah. theory. Because th- there's not... Um, so uh, all of the deaths in here are, are from like accidents or like bleeding out from injuries and things they're not from the crawlers literally killing them i would be interested um to hear your thoughts on that because the other thing that kind of plays against that theory is an Mm. interesting fan theory i i i I agree that it's kind of like a a cool like agreed on thing but also like it's not just her hallucination because other people see them too sure so the other others characters and stuff, there are other scenes where she's not even there and they see crawlers and they're reacting to the crawlers. Also the footage of the camera bringing up the crawlers as well. That's true. Um, That's true. That kind of plays up on that because there's whole things where it's like a night vision camera that they're looking through because they can't see in the dark and that brings up the fact that they can see them and then they're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, then... It the whole thing with them reacting to being blind, but then reacting to sound. So there are scenes where they kind of don't move. Yeah. And because they're blind, they're hearing and stuff. So they can just w- watch them pass. Like if they were hallucinating this, uh, fair enough, like they would hallucinate this, but a joint hallucination between six different people, it, that is a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah, that's. For, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a joint hallucination. I'm saying it's Sarah's hallucination. So anything off, anything with like them reacting to that can be seen as either them reacting to Sarah and hiding from her or something that she's seeing. Because there's so many scenes in this film that are shown to you as a fact and then they're kind of, oh, actually, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, also, with that in mind, um, there's a scene that was cut from the film. Okay. Whereas right... Uh, right at the start in the hospital scene where she's just realized that her family have died and she's like on the floor crying and her friend's consoling her. Um, there's a cut scene where she sees one of the crawlers in the hospital. Really? Yeah. That would be a good theory. So, then if yeah. that, that scene would change a lot of and, stuff. And then that scene at the end, the, the last shot at the end where she's in the cave on her own, she's kind of crouched down like a crawler and it's like she is the crawler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, I mean, I've always thought there was something up like that. Um, I don't, I don't think she necessarily killed all of them because, like, some of them die from accidents and things. But I think she's definitely kind of lost her shit and has just kind of gone crazy. Yeah. 
And um, the, the only problem with that is, if you watch the US version, it gets completely undone. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a sequel that confirms that they're very much alive and all the police are trying to take them out and shit. Yeah, Which really. just sounds terrible and I want to watch it. That sounds really bad. <laughs> um, and while we're just on the subject of... Uh, that, that's my theory anyway. And while we're on the subject of the crawlers, like you said, they're kind of there's bits where they're avoiding them because they're blind, so being really quiet. And then like as soon as the crawlers are like, what, five meters away? They've just kind of like given up looking for them and they're gone. Then... One of one of the characters, usually Juno, just starts fucking shouting. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Oh my god. You yeah. know they react to sound. Yeah. Why are you shouting all the time? Yeah. Just stop it. There's a point where she's like, We gotta get out. Yeah, it's like, we gotta get out. They're like, gonna find us. Like they're gonna <laughs> find you if you do that. Yeah, For fuck's so, sake. Yeah, literally. Stop it. Oh, it's so infuriating. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. hate her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the worst. She's the definition of the worst. Yeah. Um Oh man, I'm just thinking about this theory of yours. Mm. I um I don't think I agree. No. No. Not having it. I'm not having it. I'm sorry. No. I um appreciate your opinion. I think it's good. I think they're real. Not real, real, but I think that the um yeah, I fa- I fail feel like it's an interesting theory but I fail to see that she would kill them. Yeah. 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 I feel like they're too humanoid to be real. I feel like that's something that you would hallucinate. Maybe they were humanoid. Maybe at one point they were humans, but they've bred and kind of stayed in the caves as well. Well, yeah, they're supposed, um, according to um, the director, they're supposed to be um, like a bunch of cavemen that never left, got out of the cave, yeah. basically. And that's they've just been the down there forever. That's kind of I got as well. Yeah. So they, you know, don't need eyes. Because they've got like out. glyphs and stuff that they find. Yeah. And that's like kind of drawings and quite human, like kind of, kind of like, yeah, it reminds me of like hieroglyphs and stuff that they find of like a picture of the cave and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it an interesting thought, mm. not fully 100% with you. No. But I really liked it. I really liked it. <laughs> So, final thoughts. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this shit up? Have we talked enough about how annoying Juno is? I just want to make it so clear. I, I think we have. Probably what I will do <laughs> is if I'm not if I'm not extremely, extremely terrible, I probably will have put in at least one clip of Opposing. Ju- of Juno being annoying. Yeah. Just something she said or something she did that is just just a reminder of how terrible she is. <laughs> cool. um, Good. That's fine then. That's what I will do. Um, but yeah. So final movie brew scores. Okay. Um, go first? I'll go first. I think um, for me, I really enjoy the film. I wouldn't say it's like, it's not, it's by no means a masterpiece like that review said. No. Um, and it's by no means terrible either. Like the other two reviews said, um, I would say it's slightly above average for me because I would happily watch this with a bunch of friends whenever. You yeah. know, if someone was just like, we're all going to hang out and drink some beer and probably watch The Descent or something. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a chai latte. Oh, good. Which is a 7.1. I'm going to give this the score below purely because oh. of the subtitle. Uh, I do think it's a middling film, but I think it's yes. a great film that you can watch any time mm-hmm. and a good standard tea. You can drink at any time. Green tea. That suits. Me. That suits it. That suits this film. For sure. I always go by the kind of like sub titles that you've written for these things rather than the scores. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like they're really helpful. But uh, yeah, 5.68. 5.68. Yeah. 
Very I good. think that's what I'm giving it. And like a, about a six is a is is a is a kind of good standard yeah. score for that this. That makes film. it an average score of like a six point two or something. Yeah. So that works. Yeah, sure. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I like I really, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think that some it has definitely has some really interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Um, some great stuff that it that kind of talks about with um the loss and stuff, but you can just enjoy this on a surface level. This yeah, yeah, is yeah. not you can a just film have a begging time. to be like picked apart. Yeah, picked apart or yeah, dived into or discussed. It is just a film that you want to watch with your mates after with a couple of pizzas. You know, I think I feel like a couple of Halloween's. I've most times I've seen this film, it's been with other friends. Yeah, I think so as well. And that has always been the best watching experience to what to experience this film. Yeah, definitely. Like those the types of scares that are in here, the kind of the kind of characters that are in here and stuff you can that tell you love it's to made hate. for that it's made for that yeah. it's a popcorn movie like yeah you just it's a great experience and the fact for that gives it its rewatchability in my opinion yeah oh for sure yeah so that's why you can watch it you can come back to it all the time uh because it's because it's one of those films that you just don't, don't have to take very seriously mm. um so with all of that said mm-hmm. if you agree or disagree with our takes you can get in touch with us uh we got a twitter we got a facebook we got an instagram all of those are at the movie brew um so you can hit us up let us know what you thought uh do you have favorite descent gifts are you enjoying this spooktober tacular thing that we're doing with this podcast for this month we got a few that we're doing so we've done the joker we did uh the descent uh we did uh cry of the banshee which was terrible which we're never going to talk about ever again that was terrible um <laughs> and next week oh it's a special one it's a special extra special spooktober a spooktober one finale uh spooky spooky uh we're gonna do is it the finale it's not is it it's it is, it the, is the finale it's yeah the finale spooktober, of the, finale. spooktober finale i've never seen this film before as much as i can call myself a film buff or a and, film fan and we're seeing it on the big screen and we're gonna watch it on the big screen we're gonna go see stanley kubrick's the shining and do an episode on that. I'm very excited yeah. because it's going to be my first time watching it. Tarek's going to go and see The Shining. I'm going to go and see Tarek shit himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm working from home the day after, which I feel which like is such, such a, a bad, bad move. <laughs> so that's going to be yeah. You're going to so be bad. typing alone yeah, after watching The alone, Shining. Myself and my cat after watching The Shining next week, which is going to be great. I think maybe I should look after the cat for that day. <laughs> Oh god! I like. I know what happens. Like I've seen yeah. all the scenes, but they're all out of context. Yeah, when it all gets put together and you watch it as an experience, it is just so good. Oh man! It's, like I'm so I excited can't... for you, and I'm jealous that I'm not seeing it for the first time. So I'm not sure. Before we do this, I should probably mm. like kind of clear this up. I'm not sure if The Shining counts as a Hollywood film or a, a British film because, like, I feel like yeah. Stanley Kubrick is like Terry Gilliam in the sense that yeah. he's kind of like an honorary British person. Because he's kind Stanley of Kubrick is British. It, like he was born here yeah, or like lived yeah. here, but like I'm very much American, an important person in American cinema. Yeah. So it can kind of be both. I think so. I th- feel. I think like we can let ourselves off. We're gonna let ourselves off. Yeah, I, think so I don't okay. have to put Hollywood spotlight at the top. All right. No, I don't think so. No, I think Hollywood spotlight should just be for the new movies. Yeah, fair enough. That's All fine. right, good. All right, yeah. we'll just call it The Shining. All right, sweet. Done. That's what we're doing next week. Um, the other thing mm. that I should mention, 
Uh, we got a website up, themoviebrew.com. Um, we are going to put some gifts up. Uh, send me just send me your favorite gifts. Yep, email them to us. Um, yeah, we got an email. Hello at the movie brew. Yep. So if you got longer texts or suggestions or stuff that you want to talk about um, this spooktober, then please let me know. Um, I'd really, do you know, what would be a really fun thing to do, like a wow. different episode. I know this is called the movie brew and stuff. If we did, like, I'm just in a really spooky mood. Yeah. What if we find like a British thing that's not a film to experience? How do you mean? Like a game. Like we just do something quintessentially British. Yeah. Well, like just like, let's say we find like a spooky British game. Okay. All yeah. Right. I think it's called a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah let's just contact some spirits no but like like a spooky thing to do i just want to summon stanley kubrick yeah that'd be fucking terrifying yeah true (laughs) we'll do that but like also have like another little bit marmite mud wrestling (laughs) yes that's what we all do that's real spooky um so we'll do that um thank you to tamarin for our music and thank you to forest fire creations for our artwork as well really appreciate that because that stuff is good mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah we'll catch you on the next episode of the movie brood and until then please don't explore any caves look after yourself and don't be a terrible person like juno because otherwise people will want you to die yeah we, we see you posing yeah we see you and your friends might kill you <laughs>